0: Bibles this evening turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 tonight Ecclesiastes chapter 11 we're winding down to the last few messages I think we have about three or four left total and uh, we're coming down towards the end and be praying and praying now asking God for wisdom but what to do next after this but Ecclesiastes chapter 11 tonight looking at the first eight verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth, that the tree fall forward the south and towards the north, and the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. For thou knowest not what is on is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, in the evening, withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether it shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Truly is the light a sweet and pleasant king, it pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man May If a man live many years and in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be vanity. For they shall be many, and all that cometh is vanity. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for tonight. Thank you again for allowing us to be here and to hear your word. I pray you open our ears of understanding. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room who does not know Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, that does not have the hope of salvation, that does not know if they were to die tonight, they would be in heaven. Oh, God, help them realize the greatest need is not a financial need, not a physical need, not a material need, but Christ, who is the greatest resource of all the universe, who gave us life so we could have everlasting life. I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd help us as Christians to grasp the importance of these truths that will help us to walk worthy in thy sight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, tonight's title is Living by Faith in a World That Does Not Make Sense. And I want to start off by rattling off some axioms. Do you know what these axioms Do you know these axioms? And you say, what is an axiom? Well, an axiom is a concise statement of wisdom, maybe a pithy statement, a, a, a practical truth that helps us in life. You've probably heard these. Uh, first of all, you've probably heard of haste, mace, wakes. You've heard of that? Haste makes waste, waste. How many of you, somebody said that to you in the last 30 days? Look before you leap. <laughs> That's important. How, how about uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained? you use that? Don't put all your eggs into one basket. You heard of that? Uh, prepare, this, prepare for the worst, but work for the best. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. <laughs> All important things for us to consider and think about. Now, these things are probably, uh, you know, not just things you find in the United States, but probably the whole world. And they're, they're important. And we actually, if you look at Scripture, you see some of these things. We're going to be looking at Scripture and seeing some of these, how they apply to Scripture. Of course, in our study of Solomon, he's talking about life down here under the sun. Uh, in his writing, much of it, as we read tonight, it's a sense of despair. He's at the end of his life. He's coming to a conclusion. He's had the great, he's had the, as the old, as the old book, the tale of two cities, uh, the first line is the best, it's the be, he had the best and he had the worst. It's the best of times and the worst of times. Solomon had it all. He, had the, he was the wisest man that ever lived and had the, had the, had the greatest wealth. He had the, he had the, he had the greatest uh, buildings. He had, the, he had the, one of the most wives. I mean, the man had everything, but he lost it all because he walked away from God. Who gave, them, who gave him all of those things. And we have to realize that without God, we are nothing. We have nothing. We will be nothing because God created us. God sustains us. God directs us and helps us and guides us. So here he is at the end of his, of, of his life, and there's times where he's just going through, I'm sure, looking back at his life and thinking about the bad decisions he's made. But there's also times where, He's he's a bit encouraging, and he's trying to help us. So we see this in the in this in this chapter because we read these things. And you, we he, interesting phrase that comes up in these in this these eight verses is basically uh, I don't know. We don't know. Uh, he uses the word for thou knowest not about four times. He uses it in chapter in verse two and twice in verse five, uh, and then and then in verse six he uses that phrase. We don't we don't know. And so, and so, the reality is, even for the wisest man who ever lived, we don't always know, and you can't know, and that's one of the things that bothers people who do not believe. Oftentimes, when witnessing to somebody, uh, as I did this last Saturday, I met a lady just right down the road, and she said, "Well, how do you know?" And how, what, it, it's 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 faith, it's faith, it's it's trust, it's belief. And Brother Pete talked about it in Sunday school class. If you're going to please God, it's it's by faith, and all those who all those who believe, they have to trust. They have the, you know, it was counted unto Abraham for righteousness. Why? Because of his belief. He he believed, and it was counted to him for righteousness. So the aspect of faith. And we don't just live this life, even though things are discouraging sometimes for us. We look around the circumstances of this world. We see the troubles of this world. We see the continuing uh, darkness in this world. Uh, If you look at local politics, especially, it can be quite discouraging. Uh, National politics, things like things are in the air. And you say to yourself, does anything make sense? And at that point, you're almost like, well, who, who cares? What's the point of even trying? And that's what he doesn't do. He doesn't say, well, just throw in the towel. Let's just cry in our soup. Let's just give up. Let's just throw it. Let's just don't even try. He, he gives us some wisdom, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit to help us in life. So we see two basic aspects tonight as we look at these eight verses. First of all, First of all, we looked at the expected events in life. The expected events in life. It says, "Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days." Uh, one commentary said uh, the idea was keep casting your bread upon the waters and get ready to make sandwiches. Well, the idea here basically is you reap what you sow. Is you reap what you sow? If you cast your bread upon the water, you're gonna you're going something's gonna come from that. If you if you if you're doing something, something's going there's something's gonna be returned. And we see it in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh uh, of the, uh, uh, shall, of the, to the flesh, uh, shall reap. if he sows to the flesh, you shall reap corruption. But if he sows to the spirit, shall the spirit reap everlasting life. So if, a, if you sow to wickedness, you're going to have a life of wickedness. If you sow to righteousness, you'll have a life of righteousness. And that's just what you sow. What are you sowing? And the decisions you're making. in the things you do. If you continually stab people in the back and lie and gossip about it, dear friend, it's going to come back to you. If you're, if you're honest and, and, and loving and kind, that's, that, what you sow, is you're going to reap it. You sow what you reap. You sow more than you reap. And you sow beyond what you can imagine you reap. It's like a harvest. And it's the same way in life. That's why it's important in everything we do to sow unto righteousness, to sow unto truth, to do that which which is right, whether it be in secret or whether it be in public. Uh, Not only that, verse 2, Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil should be upon the earth. Basically, he's saying don't put all your eggs in one basket. Give a person to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil should be on the earth. Don't, don't, don't. That's that's good advice uh, for investment in so many different areas of life. You know, you, you trust in one thing, one specific thing, and you, all your hopes in that, and, and it doesn't work out for you, and your hopes are dashed. Uh, the, the Bible says, uh, the, uh, the you know, a person's hope, if he loses hope, his heart is sick. Ho- hope deferred, make it the heart sick. You plan on something, you, you expect something to happen, you dream, you, you think it's going to happen, it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to. So your whole world is, is, is over because that one thing doesn't happen. Well, is there maybe God is doing something greater in our life than what we thought. I've been there myself. I was engaged twice before I met Angie. Thought I was going to get married twice. Had my hopes, my dreams, my plans, had rings on finger, had wedding dates planned. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. You know what that taught me? Trust God, not people. Trust God, not people. My dear friend, that <laughs> it's the truth. The arm of the flesh will fail you, especially your own. The arm of the flesh will fail you. Especially your own. Trust in yourself, oh, how foolish that is. If you put all your weight in another person, how foolish that is. The Bible never says trust in another human being. You can't find it. Search the scriptures as hard as you want to search. You can't trust. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, how, how wonderful it is for a husband to trust in his wife. He can safely trust in her. That's a wonderful thing, but the Bible never says trust in, the, in, the, in a person. No, actually, the Bible says don't put your trust in princes. Don't put your trust in people because we're human. Even the best of us fail. So don't put your, all your eggs in a basket. Don't allow unexpected life events in life to paralyze you because they happen in your life. Number, number four, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the cloud shall not reap. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. In other words, maybe the wind will spring up and blow away the seed. Maybe the clouds will trick me uh, and I'll have uh, harvest pre- prematurely. I'll wait too long and miss, and miss, and miss, the, miss the peak of harvest. Warren Wearsby says There's, there we are sitting and waiting for the perfect circumstances in life before taking a step forward. The person who just looks at the weather and said, Well, I can't do it because of the weather. the next day, Well, I can't do it because of the weather. I can't. And the next day, I can't do it because of the weather. With their friend, 25 days down the road, they're still not doing it because of the weather. Why? What's the problem? Because they're focused on, consumed about themselves, not getting the job done. Nothing venture, nothing gain. We're a society of lazy people. In the, in the history of the United States of America, we've never had a more lazy society. And that's, just not, that's not my statistics. That's the world's statistics. And it's sad, but it's where we're at. Opportunity is knocking in the door. He won't answer because things might go wrong, dear friend. You can't live on might be. Life, at, life, by the very nature of it, is full of risks. When you when you you start dating and think about getting married, somebody say, "Well, man, you know, you, 50% of you might not make it." Then you have kids. Well, wait till you have teenagers. <laughs> Every time you venture to do anything, you say, well, if you do that, something might happen. Dear friend, if you get up and get out of bed, something might happen. And it might happen before you get out of bed. Life is full of risk. It doesn't mean you don't live it. You do, by the grace of God, all you can. By the grace of God, trusting in him all the way. Trust him. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, says, look after things and the responsibility rests with God. Look after things, and the responsibility rests with God. Do everything you can, and then by the grace of God, trust God for everything else. But secondly, or see, next, verse 4, we looked at that. Secondly, oh, I'll go back. The unexplainable work of God. We've seen, seen first of all, in this, this study, the expected events of life, unexpected events of life. But secondly, the unexplainable work of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5, As thou knowest not the way of the Spirit, for now how the bones grow in the womb or of her that is with child, So that, even so thou knowest not the works of God maketh all. Who can, who can quite understand and grasp all that it is for a, for a child to be born and understand all that they go through in that womb? And then all, what they go through, not just in the womb, but to the end of life. Who can, who can grasp all those things? Was he saying? Don't let the unexpected... Unexplainable works of God rob you of joy. Of joy, the word for bones here is used in the passage for embryo, the development of life. So, from the womb to the tomb, your life is filled with the work of God. Don't let the fact that you can't explain everything cause you to lose trust in Him, because there's a lot of things in life that we can't explain. Verse six: In the morning sow seed, in the evening without. Withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest not what thou shalt prosper. Either this or that, or whether they both shall be good. So basically, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. How many of you are procrastinators and you'll admit it? (laughs) Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, man, dear friend, how many times can that get you in trouble? Because the next day you woke up, you thought you was going to do it, and you overslept. Or oh, the next day you got it and somebody made a, gave you a phone call and you couldn't do what you thought you were going to do. Or you got up the next morning thinking you were going to do it and you were sick. Oh, how important it is to do what? Don't, don't put it out for tomorrow. Do what you can today. And that's, in, again, in every aspect of life. Whether it be work. Whether it be in Relationships. If you have a relationship that is not what it ought, ought to be, don't wait for years and months and and, and 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 later on just to say, "Well, someday I'll work on that relationship." No, work on it today. Don't put don't put things off. Take care of it today. If your house needs clean, ladies, take care of it today. If, it, if the house if the grass needs mowed, take care of it today. Don't say, "Well, maybe my neighbor will do it." <laughs> If it grows so high, maybe maybe the neighbor would do it. When we lived in uh, Fort Myers, we had this neighbor that was caddy court, and he had—I mean, he had—I mean, he had weeds that were this tall. And three or four times, the county actually came in and cited his, his, his yard for how bad it was. It was—he uh, was—he was just a guy that was different. He walked around in a towel. Yeah, he walked around in a towel. And he told me one time, you know, the uh, all the cannabis and the weeds, you know, they were they were in the Bible, and it's okay to smoke them. God's good with it. And I was like, man, <laughs> this is a different dude. This different dude. was like, man, <laughs> he, he he looked at his life, and all the neighbors looked at him. It's like, what what is what's going on? It's 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 terrible. No, he he, he, he it, it, it. Shouldn't be that way. And we have, a, as Christians, we have a testimony to withhold. in everything we do, our house, our yard, our life, how, how is it? Is it to the best of our ability? Yeah, our relationships, how are, we, are, we, are we doing every can, everything we can to make those right? Or we just put it off today, put it off to tomorrow because, ah, uh, you know, someday we'll take care of it or maybe in the future, no, no. Same happens oftentimes with people when it comes to salvation. But the Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. I had a friend going through high school, and after I got saved, I shared the gospel with him. I told him the importance of trusting in Christ. And he said to me, well, someday when I stop partying, someday when I get retired, then I think I'll become a Christian. Last time I looked, he's the same age as I am, 52 years old. He still ain't saved. Because he kept saying he kept saying to himself, well, someday, someday I'll slow down. Someday I, I, I might become religious. Someday I'll I'll do all that. No, dear friend. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. Because the Bible says life is a vapor, appear for a little time and vanish away. Vanish vanish away. If you don't, if you don't know Christ, now's the time to trust him. Eternity's too important. Hell's too hot to say, well, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. You don't know if you have tomorrow. How many people have driven down 75 thought they had tomorrow? Or down this road, 39th? How many people in that cemetery over the way who thought they had tomorrow or the next day? when well, they didn't have it. You, don't get it. you don't get to press a button in a video game and try it again. You have one life. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And after this life, you will meet God. You'll meet him. And in the in, in grace, because you've been saved by grace, or you will meet him in terror because you denied the grace of God. Dear friend, it's going to be one of the two. I don't know about you, but I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want him to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. But dear friend, he's going to say one of the two things to you. Which will it be? Which will it be? Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Next. Truly, the light is sweet, and the pleasant thing is for the eyes to behold the sun. He says, Enjoy the life that God has given you. Do you enjoy this life? Do you take time to enjoy this life? I hope you do. Oh, man, this life can be a rat race, and we're not rats. And I know people are busy, but do you take time? This morning I was studying and studying and studying, and I said to myself, Okay, I got to stop. I got to stop (laughs) and just. I gotta stop and smell the roses. I gotta go outside. It was nice and cool in Turkey Creek. Looked up at the trees, enjoyed the cool breeze, watched the watch the squirrels, watched the birds. Took five, ten minutes and said, Oh man, thank God for what He's given us. You take time to do that? Or are you just busy, 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 busy. Well, it's good to be busy. But dear friend, take time and enjoy what God has given us. He uses this word sweet throughout the we see this word sweet throughout the scriptures of course just the taste of honey in Judges chapter 14 verse 18 the thrill of a kiss and song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 3 the enjoyment of God's word in Psalm 19 verse 10 do we take the time to enjoy what God has given us be thankful the people that he's put us around us the fellowship that he's allowed us to let us have do we take the time to do those things do we take the time verse 8 so, if a man lived many years and rejoiced them all, then he remember the days of darkness, and they may be many. All that cometh is vanity. Well, what's he saying? Time is fleeting. Time is fleeting. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The days are, the days are flying by. They're flying by. Redeem them. The word redeem talks about purchase it back. It's important, it's, it, it, it matters, time matters. It's precious, it's precious. He didn't say, well, make the best use of time before the days get evil or after the days of evil are over. No, he says, make the best use of time in spite of the fact that the days are difficult, the evil does surround us. And if we believe the scriptures and we do, the days will get darker, but even in days that are dark and going to get darker, We should still redeem the time. We should be thankful for it. Yes, it's going to be frustrating. Yes, it's going to be discouraging. Yes, it's going to be depressing because the days are dark. They were dark in his day. Darker, actually, in his day. But he's still talking about redeeming the time, making use of that time. Time is precious. It's the one resource that all of us have that none of us knows how long we will have that resource could be the, our day could be the our, this could be our last day could be could be it we don't know how long we have so if this day this week was our last day would you be glad that, that you've done everything to the grace of god up to this day or up to this week no stay at it don't give up do the right thing don't quit rope your sleeves choose to do what's right yeah, it's tempting Because things don't make sense. Because life sometimes is frustrating. So you're not going to understand everything. But trust God. Do right. And the time that we have, use it to the best of our ability. Because we don't know how long we have. We're not told, just don't do anything because we don't understand. No, keep casting the seed. I read recently about this book entitled Witness to History, and it gives the history of the Gideons. I don't know if you know anything about the Gideons. It was actually started by two traveling salesmen in 1989 who were at the same motel. There was only one room left, and they decided instead of just having one of them sleep outside in the cold, they would share a room. And it was a practice of one of the businessmen they would, to read their Bible. He would read his Bible before he went to sleep. So he was reading his Bible, and it convicted the other guy who was a Christian. And he and he, so they read it together. And after reading the Bible to get together, they came to the conclusion that they ought, as businessmen, they ought to encourage other businessmen. Because what is the average businessman doing? Is he doing it? He's not out there living for Jesus. He's out there living for himself. So they were concerned about it. So they said, "Well, we need to get the word of God to other people." So they they cast their bread. They started. They, they, they said we're going to have a meeting. We're going to invite all these businessmen to come. And they had the business, the meeting the next year, and no one showed up they didn't give up they didn't quit they kept inviting businessmen they kept talking to one or two and 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 for the they just, you know slowly people begin to catch on the need to get the Word of God and in places like motels and other places and, and it, it got bigger and bigger and bigger ultimately to the place today that the Gideons are organized in 200 different countries and more than 10 a hundred thousand businessmen all in volunteers have given away over 2 billion copies of the Bible. Whole lot different from 1989, right? 1898. 1898. Whole lot different. You say, well, has it done any good? Well, let me give you one illustration. I read a guy named Randy Smith from Louisiana, the great state of Louisiana, tiny, who was involved in the Gideous, Gideons distributing new Testaments to students outside a major university in brazil this he gave a a bible to this one guy and the the kid said i don't want this and he grabbed it and he threw it as far as he could throw it threw it over a building and they kept passing out the bread they start kept giving out the bible and a couple hours later this guy came he was all dirty he was weeping and he said, I was on top of a roof working and something hit me in the head. It was that Bible. He picked it up, started reading it. He said, this book says I can be, my sins can be forgiven. Will you tell me more about it? Now, Randy and his crew led him to Christ. Cast your bread upon the water. Do something for God today. Don't live in, well, maybe tomorrow, if it's, if it's not raining. Don't be paralyzed by fear because the world's going to the hot place in a handbasket. Don't be, ah, oh, case okay, Sarah, whatever it will be. No, my friend. Yes, there are troubles in the world. Yes, there's problems in the world. But we are here, as it says in Esther, for such a time as this. God ordained that you and I be here to serve him now. Let's do it. Let's get behind faith promise and get more missionaries. Let's get here Saturday and help with cleaning up the place. Let's do all that we can for Jesus Christ as if we were going to meet him Sunday morning. If you knew you were going to meet Jesus Sunday morning, what would you do different? you start telling people about Jesus everywhere, wouldn't you? You start taking those tracks and passing them out like they were like $1,000 bills. You'd go to people who were unsaved, fathers, brothers, cousins, aunts, uncles, begging them to get saved if you knew you were going to meet Jesus. You'd come to church. You'd stay all day Saturday, so cleaning up the church, not just four hours. You'd, you'd get everything you can to that faith promise. Dear friend, you might meet Jesus Sunday. You might. Do everything we can while we can. So that when it is over, you won't say, when you stand before Jesus, at that that review and reward ceremony, I should have done a lot more. I should have done a lot more. And dear friend, at that moment, it will be too late. It will be too late. What will we do with the time that God has given us? Squander it or use it? Father, we pray, God, you'd help us, Lord Jesus. Every one of us has decisions to make in life. The most important decision is knowing Christ is our Savior. I pray with head bowed, eyes closed, if anyone in this room has never trusted Christ as our Savior, that they recognize the fact that the Bible says, all have sinned and come short sure of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Oh, that's the bad news, but the good news is God, comm- God commended, commendeth his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He communicated, he declared unto us his love, he showed us his love, Christ showed us his love by dying for us, by shedding his blood on the cross, being buried, rising again the third day. His sacrifice that he made took away our sin. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You trust in what he's done for you. No matter how bad you are, no matter how bad you've been, no matter what you're planning in your mind before you got in this place, you can be saved. Call on him, ask him. Recognize that you're a sinner and cry out to him to save you. And if you have any questions, please come see me after church. If you're a Christian here, maybe you've not been recently living up to God's expectations of you. You've not been doing all that you know you could do. You blame the problems on society or government or others, your past, your parents, or others around you, but you realize you need to be doing a whole lot more than you have been. Maybe God has convicted your heart. Or maybe there's some other area in your life that you've been convicted recently. The Holy Spirit's spoken to you about. Say, preacher, God's spoken to me about an area in my life that I need to change. Would you pray for me? Anybody be honest tonight? Anybody be honest, God's spoken to me about an area of my life that I need to change. As the piano plays, let's stand to our feet.